to America is presented by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on the And then I'll put on my Casey Kasem voice. Awesome. Sounds good. Love and dedication. What's up, everybody? And what's up, YouTube? Welcome to episode 122 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. Sub America. <laughs> that's, that's all. Suck on that, America. Oh, Anyways, man. guys, uh, we, this is a pretty special, pretty special episode on a couple of fronts. One... I'd like to welcome to the family a new sponsor. Ooh, you want to tell us about that sponsor? Yeah, Art man, Trejo. I want to tech, talk to you guys about a new sponsor, a pretty badass sponsor. And if a lot of people ask, how can we support you without giving you money directly? Because it's creepy. You can go to the dark web. <laughs> you can go to the dark web, buy some rifles, just leave them outside my door. <laughs> I'll know what to do with them. But anyways. Um, I'll slide some uh, ground up human bone under the door. Oh, yeah, dude, that's good stuff. Um, but seriously, like I think everyone on Earth, Everyone that's not a serial killer drinks coffee. So um, if you guys want to support us in any way, go to cavemancoffee.com. Type in America at checkout. Look through their inventory of clothes, coffee. Uh, I'm drinking cocoa butter right now. I put it in my coffee because it tastes delicious and it makes the coffee kind of cuts out that middleman where I don't, I'm lactose intolerant so I don't put creamer in there anymore. This takes care of that shit for me and it's way healthier. And it just tastes amazing. So and it's keto as fuck. Yeah, this whole thing. If you're keto, if you're paleo, this is the. It's called caveman for a reason because everything on their fucking website is paleo. So uh, Jacob's drinking these fucking nitros, which he's holding right now. I'm I just sh- slammed like three of these this morning, and I fucking like mowed the lawn. I painted the house. I fucking redid my roof. I went to work after that, and then I fucking um did my whole family's taxes. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. He did his dog's taxes, too. Yeah. That poor bastard. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to wing Jacob from drinking energy drinks. These are way healthier than energy drinks anyways. So. And they're delicious, too. It's not some of that broke-ass fucking Folgers bullshit. Like, this actually tastes delicious. I drink my coffee black as Wesley Snipes, and, you know, some people judge me on that. They're like, oh, how can you drink it like that? You don't put no sugar or cream. How can you say racist things about Wesley Snipes? <laughs> He's a very dark individual. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, but this this comes uh, very black. Um, no additives or anything in it. And it tastes fucking delicious. It just tastes like 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 angel cum. That's what it tastes like. So, <laughs> so with that said, Art. Um, Guys, there's another reason why this show is so special. Oh, wait. Also, shout out to Fightback CBD. Please show them love and support. They're our other sponsor. Make sure when you go to Fightback CBD, you go ahead and you... Um, enter America. Enter America at checkout. They have their 
uh, CVD, the regular one, the one that I use in my morning times. And sometimes I use the lavender infused one at night times before I go to bed. I was just I was talking to Jacob how I might need to take that tonight so I can get my maximum sleep. Because we're recording two back-to-back episodes this week. So mm-hmm. I'm going to need to be fully rested and not grumpy for tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm going to... Walter Matthau over here. Oh, dude, I'm going to double dose it tonight so I can knock and What out. you could do is you could put a little bit of Fight Back CBD in your Caveman Nitro coffee. You can mix that shit up fuck bro i might take some so i have the decaf at home i might take some of that and put it in my coffee as i watch an episode of dexter before i go to bed tonight so so whatever you do two drops under the tongue will have you feeling tip top magoo it's whatever that's true you can combine them i'm glad we're sponsored by two products that can be combined mm-hmm. it's pretty badass put it in a little fucking shaker cup and live that pirate life bitch it's true hashtag pirate life guys uh so you know on both of those make sure you type in america at checkout so they know they're coming from from our side and uh they can go ahead and uh help us make this podcast grow but without further ado we have another reason why this podcast is so special you might hear some uh crunchy noises in the background that that's not us that's not us that's not jacob's bubble gut (laughs) that's uh (laughs) that is the guys from another podcast that is sponsored by the uh brought you by the podcast pod pod belly network the Graveyard Shift Podcast. Guys, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? That's, uh, that's I'm Jeremy. Uh, I'm obviously one of the podcasters. Uh, been a paranormal investigator for about 15 years. Uh, I'm a professional smartass and a teacher. <laughs> so, What kind of nice. teacher, sir? Uh, I do elementary art. Oh, I'm going to send my kid to you. <laughs> I'll, we'll have fun. We'll Sweet. do pictures. Sweet. We'll do turkey hands. No. <laughs> I got all. I got a whole arsenal of freaking different things we can do with a hand. Middle finger. With, with little kids. West Coast sign. <laughs> they frown on that. They oh. frown. You get one of them, mm, I don't know. You get a lot of Karens. <laughs> And then I'm uh, the co-host with Jeremy. I'm Frankie Cambaletta. I'm a paranormal debunker for about 15 years. Ooh, I like um, that. So we we have a good chemistry. A lot of the a lot of the hoopla on our Instagram is is like me and our, me and Jeremy argue just as much as we argue on Instagram with people. So it's it's a really good show because it has that dynamic between both of us. I mean we're. We're at odds with God helmets, with ovuluses, spirit boxes, all the different gadgets and bullshit that's out there for sale, trying to profit on the dead. That's how I always view it. And I think that's, you know, part of me is it's just immoral. And Jeremy's more of the guy is like, he's going to, he's going to debunk it in a way of either he's going to get one and use it to death and be like, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Or... <laughs> this so, is a Folgers can. Something to this. So I wouldn't consider myself like a paranormal investigator, but I've been down. We have a couple of haunted locations here in, ba- in Bakersfield, and um, one of them's like the Browning Road lady, where there's like a ghost lady. So I've been down there with my friends trying to find her. Never saw anything. I've been to the Padre Hotel. My friend, you know, kind of hooked it up by letting me in earlier than you're supposed to be in there. So it's still like everything's dead at 5 a.m nothing like i just i've never seen anything i feel like i keep putting myself in these like very like pl- you know everyone says they're haunted i never see anything so i'm kind of on board with you guys i think jacob's kind of on the opposite end where like he's seen 
he's seen El Diablo face to face. So yeah, I fought him shirtless. <laughs> yeah. I said, "Get your man titties out, Satan. We're going." He had to collect seven stones and say his name backwards to kill him and send him back to the <laughs> deepest parts of hell. So no, actually, yeah, when I was that's six, that's usually so. how it works, you know. Um, you know, I mean, I think that, and Jeremy will probably, because you guys aren't really. You're not really close to the coast, right? You're you're more like north of uh, Santa Barbara and stuff, Los Angeles area. Uh, yeah, we're about an hour and a half away from LA. Yeah, about two okay. hours away from the beach. So yeah. yeah, not too far. That's not bad. We've we've done. Me and Jeremy have both done the Mystery House, the Winchester Mystery. Oh yeah, I've been yeah. there. Yeah. So, you know, I have. We have more paranormal haunts. Like we do a this year, we did paranormal pit stops where we went to. We did eleven states in six days. Ooh, yeah, I saw yeah. that. I was like, "That's nuts." <laughs> it was and, fun. And the one, yeah, the one common denominator is that you always have. Well, here's the lady, you know, the Lydia's Bridge and Helen's Bridge, and you know, Lick Road, Lick Road Bridge, and and so we did about four bridges. Oh and, wow. So you start seeing the same ghost stories as you travel. And this was kind of like the, the thesis, the dissertation that we were kind of putting together was like, all right, we're starting to find a common theme. I'm sure the Browning Hotel has a jilted bride ghost, right? It's, it's like, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same ghost. Maybe it's the same ghost in every hotel. Yeah. She's just jilted. Maybe she's just really pissed off. Like, it's the same person. Um, the Lady in White is a big one. Yeah. It's, it, it feels like it's always the same. Like, great even that, it's like great. La Llorona. Like, yeah. La Llorona is like essentially the same thing. Yeah, we did an episode about La Llorona. I don't know if you know who that is or not, but like in Mexican folklore, it's like this lady who drowned her kids because she was a jilted bride because her, mm-hmm. her Sancho husband like was having an affair on her with somebody you know prettier or whatnot. And as we did like our um, our research on it, it turns out like this was like an older story from the old world, like from Poland and from Ireland, yeah. all these other places. And it was like the same thing. Like you you go back to Ireland and you see all these stories about a woman in white and it's a jilted bride and whatnot. So it just seems like just stories being passed down from generation to generation and being a cust- or customized to whatever uh, city or surrounding that it's in. Exactly, and and I think that we we actually I was doing some singing on my last podcast about um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you were all nice, you know because I'm I'm from Miami originally, so I grew up with Cubans and Santeria and all that bullshit, and so hell yeah, you know they have their own tale of this woman that comes to grab children, but yeah, it comes from Ireland, it comes from Eastern Europe. I mean, we mentioned it briefly. Uh, the film was part of the Conjuring universe, which, you know, we kind of dogged on a little bit. It seems like yeah. if you don't have Patrick Wilson in the film, it sucks. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he just, did, he just we... did a badass movie on Netflix, though, called it's a, it's a Stephen King short story in uh-huh. the tall grass. He's amazing in that. Like, he's just great for horror. I'm going to check it out. Wait, he's Bird or not Bird. He's Owlman, right? From. Uh... Yes. OK, Washington. cool. Yeah. Just double checking. All right, cool. <laughs> I need to watch that movie then, In the Tall Grass. Yeah, it's it's fucking good, man. Right. And you really have to understand the universe of Stephen King. I mean, Stephen King is just, just lately he's blown up again. I, I often refer Stephen King to like Hush Puppy Shoes. Like every now and then they'll come <laughs> back in style and there they fucking are. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or Bell Bottom Pants. Yeah. Bell Bottom Pants. God damn. God damn, Bell Bottom Pants. Why do I keep throwing them out? <laughs> <laughs> um, But so, you know, like I was you know, kind of talked about this off air, but um, our last episode was Strange Recordings. And one of the recordings that I really wanted to have on there was EVPs. But EVPs, I feel like, are strong enough to have an entire show 
all those other ones I didn't think they were strong enough to have an entire show worth worthy of of uh you know talking about for an hour because we go pretty long we go deep with the shit oh yeah EBPs that is one of the most interesting things and that's one of the things that keeps me coming back to ghosts might be real like you know like if you can record a sound um I think a lot of that shit with like pictures and things like that I feel like it's either like orbs it's probably a lot of dust or like you know just camera trickery or all this kind of bullshit Mm -hmm. but i feel like sound recording sound recordings i feel like a little you know harder to explain for me personally but um where do you guys stand on the whole you know evp phenomenon and and whatnot so i think that from an evp standpoint i think what you say what you said mate sorry i turned cuban there for a second what you're saying (laughs) um what does that bring anyway uh but i think that what you said (laughs) is is correct i think the evp is still something that's very very hard to debunk uh there are two things in paranormal that scare the shit out of me you guys on your show i've been listening to a lot of your episodes and and every now and then you guys will i don't know which one of you is it i'm pretty sure it's like art but are always talking about the fucking it's a demon it's a demon it's a demon and where where i stand with it is i don't believe that this carnet can communicate i i just don't I believe that if something is communicating, it's darker than that. It's from a parallel universe. Mm -hmm. And I still believe there's a frequency that we haven't tapped into. And whether that's infrasound, we can talk a little bit about um, infrasound, which is another one. And then there's EVP. Infrasound was was originally used for weapons, but it turns out that if you're left hemisphere on your brain, it doesn't Mm -hmm. really affect you. Um, So it would only affect people that are right hemisphere. So like half the army would come at you anyway. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so it's a it's a really cool topic, and uh, me and Jeremy know a little bit about that. We really know a lot about EVPs. We've captured our own EVPs. We've had EVPs on our show from my house. My house sits in St. Louis. It's built in 1901. When Aaron is here, for some reason, or any women, so if I have if I have a chick over, she sleeps and she stays the night. For some fucking reason, the next couple of days are crazy in my house. Wow! Whatever's Ooh. in this house, like, is is just not a fan of me hooking up with random so it's very strange and i've called jeremy numerous times i'm like i'm not fucking staying here tonight and so <laughs> i don't know what it is but like we've caught evps every time we have aaron on our show we've had aaron about four times on our show every time she's on our show there's a blip and we have a couple of them we sent you a list of evps that you can play throughout your show mm-hmm. those are some of the they're all what will you think jeremy they're about they're class a's yeah, I don't consider it an EVP if I can't hear it when it's raw. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm going to have you go through that, though, Jeremy. I'm going to have you go through that with them, exactly how we classify EVP. Oh, okay. So a Class A, basically everybody agrees exactly what it says. It's as clear as what I'm saying right now. Mm-hmm. A Class B, which to me almost isn't an EVP, is when... You know, one person might hear this and another person might hear something else. Mm-hmm. So that and they disagree on they agree that it's something that shouldn't be there, but they can't necessarily agree on what it is. And a class C as bullshit. OK, I mean, which is 90 percent. I yeah, feel like I, a lot of those like <laughs> ghost hunter shows, that's what they catch. Like Hi, I'm Josh from Unexplained yeah. Experiences. Like, Look what we caught. And it's like <laughs> it clearly said, get out, Kevin. <laughs> it's like no right. man. exactly and dude that's a class c bullshit yeah 
when we were on a paranormal team, it was Jeremy and Chris Ketters. Actually, Chris Ketters is the one that sent you all those EVPs. Those are his from his own private collection. He's another crazy ass ghost hunter. Mm-hmm. Him and Bobby go to abandoned places by themselves. They set out the DVR and they hide out in different rooms in a fucking house. These guys, both of them, Bobby, she has balls of steel, and so does Chris for doing that stuff. I mean, as, as skeptical as I am, that's just still creepy, bro. I don't yeah. want to be in a room by myself. Yeah, you know? that it's scares like- me on like running into homeless people. <laughs> that's the part that yeah i'm afraid of aids <laughs> hepsi yeah. Nah, no way <laughs> yep yeah the worst the worst ghost is like a homeless person that dies but doesn't know he's dead and he keeps asking you for a dollar oh dude sucks. that's <laughs> the worst like i never thought only got a card <laughs> fuck out of here can i wash your windshield <laughs> no no I, I just got a clean man just it's sprays a, on it it's anyway. a jeep it's supposed to be dirty <laughs> why does my windshield keep getting <laughs> dirty water on it <laughs> Uh, so tell us how you guys got into all of this stuff. Like, this sounds like you guys should be like on a TV fucking uh, series, like on fucking the History Channel or Sci-Fi Channel we've, and shit. We've we've interviewed four different times with North South Productions Travel mm-hmm. Channel. For some reason, like the way we come across, I don't know that. I mean, we're filmmakers too, so that always scares them because oh. we do documentary film, we do truth films, we do really serious, serious films, and we have a paranormal slew of films that we're putting on next year. But I think that also scares TV things like a lot of times. And I've said this before, and and I don't want to target all the audience members and Jeremy can weigh in here. But like people love accepted truth. They love it right now on on Instagram. I'm going back and forth with this app because how I made all my money, how I became a self-funder of all my ideas, the podcast, the film company, how I became. I wouldn't say that I'm independently wealthy, but I'm in software and I've created software and I did well with that. And so I've been able to put it into my leisure and in my activities. And I can honestly tell you that most apps that are being created right now to catch EVPs on an iPhone or an Android are written with two different languages, it's either Swift or, it's, or it's, it's Java. And so the phones are not capable. They're capable of capturing an EVP. I'll give them that because they have a good recorder on them. And I, yeah. iPhone actually has a better recorder than most hand recorders, believe it or not. Well, yeah, Especially it's got to catch your info. But the ghost apps and shit, like, oh, like trying to track like EMF and stuff, that's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. It doesn't have that technology within it. So you have to be very careful when you look at that. And so TV really doesn't like the truth. They like to they like to emphasize and embellish truth, like accept the truth. And that's just something that me and Jeremy are not willing to come down. That's the one area we... <laughs> We had, we had a we run have in. to clear families' names all the time for the dead. And, you know, we're not liked in some areas here in historic circles because I wow. will not believe this story because it's not the truth. So mm-hmm. we uh, we had a run in with a television show. We won't name them, but um, when uh, they were basically like, oh, so go ahead and tell us about skinwalkers. And then, like, they really <laughs> wanted us to be like, I believe it with my entire heart. I saw a goddamn skinwalker, yeah. and he was wearing a fucking fedora, and like, <laughs> and like, so they want you to be like that when it's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I might have seen a skinwalker. I kind of yeah. believe in it, but it's like, you know, I, I'm so skeptical. Like, I need you to like, I need to see. It's like that Dave Chappelle skit where he wants to see R. Kelly's ID. Like, yeah. that's what I want to see. Like, I want to know. Train award. Yeah, like I want to know that that was a skinwalker, not a dude in a fucking. Coyote mask. Some hipster with long hair and a fedora. Like, I want to know that that was a skinwalker. It wasn't Bray Wyatt just well, down in the wilderness. Skinwalkers are, are definitely interesting. I mean, I think that Native American culture, I think, is fascinating. I think it's beautiful. And unfortunately, you know, 
in America, we destroyed a lot of it. We we had the chance to go out to the Cambrai House in Nauvoo, Illinois, where the lady owned 30 acres of land, and she had two beautiful um, graveyards, Native American burial grounds that were that were sacked, and yeah. the bones oh, it was disca- it was desecrated. And unfortunately, the Skinwalker myths a lot of those come out of Native American culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard though, man. Like from that standpoint, to prove stuff like Bigfoot or Mothman, very fucking hard. Very hard to prove that shit. Um, and yeah, I guess from our standpoint, like we like the EVP, <laughs> we like the gadgets that mm-hmm. work, you know? So talk about those gadgets, the spirit so, box. Go ahead, Jeremy. I've been talking too much. Well, I mean, basically when I ghost hunt, I'm pretty old school and yep. I go in with an audio recorder and some kind of EMF detector mm-hmm. and my body is, you know, like when your goosebumps go off, that's kind of your body's yeah. reaction to EMF. And that's, you know, so many people walk around with these big fancy pieces of flashing bullshit and they pay attention to that piece of piece of equipment instead of when that stuff's going off. That's when the shit is going down and you need to yep. start paying attention mm-hmm outside of the equipment they're so it's like that thing where they you know they show you 15 people dribbling a ball and they ask how many times did that you know the kid on the left dribble the ball and then uh uh, you know an ape walks through the back of it and then they say did you see the ape and you're like no there was no ape and it was totally there they're they're looking at these flashing pieces of equipment Mm -hmm. and they don't see or hear or experience what's actually going on. Yeah, it's like misdirection. And, you know, how me and Jeremy use EMF, and EMF is a very controversial subject. Very controversial. I've had I've had knockdown drag outs with that fucking conversation. I've almost gotten oh, yeah. a lot of people hate me <laughs> <laughs> on the EMF. And because, like what he was saying about goosebumps, right? Just to give you an example of, of how tedious and we have to be very careful and you have to check yourselves. I would be honest with you guys. If you've ever done a ghost hunt with us, you have to have patience. Like it's not, it's, it's bass fishing. It's not like, you know, off, it's not like onshore fishing and like mm-hmm. you're hooking every fish in the ocean. I mean, ghost hunting is exactly that. And what Jeremy's point is, I mean, is exactly that, right? You have all these things flashing and going off and everybody's like, Oh my God, look at all these lights. Look around you, bro. There's a, 78 foot demon behind you, just being like, hey, guys, you know, and, it's like, and they're just all, and it's funny because we record those people. Meanwhile, yeah. like, shit's moving behind them. There's a candle going on and off, the light, the ghost is spelling his name on the wall, and everybody's like, look at these lights. A bureau just mo- moved 12 feet, and, and they, they saw a, a K2 meter going off. Exactly. A Templar Knight came out and showed them where the Ark of the Covenant is. <laughs> they're like, look at a K2 meter. Fuck <laughs> So, okay, so I, I think at this point, you know, we would probably splice a uh, audio recording of one of the one of the recordings you guys sent us. But um, where did you guys first hear about? Because this? this is something I've been fascinated since forever ago. Because I remember when we talk about Art Bell on our show a ton, and I heard about sure. him on the uh, Coast to Coast. The first time I ever heard of EVPs and like mm-hmm. goosebumps right away, I was like, "Fuck, that's the one." Um, that's how I got into this, man. I, I'm I'm so jealous of your guys' lives. <laughs> like I want to go ghost hunting so bad, but um, 
so hey we're going west coast next year man you guys are welcome to come with us hell yeah Ooh, i'm excited for that what time next year uh we usually go right at jeremy's break when he's working from school I oh, summertime schedule so yeah during the summer we'll, we'll hop in the car and hopefully this year we'll be hopping in the chevelle and we'll probably oh, take that damn too. you're just rubbing yeah. it in my face um <laughs> Oh, true. The person that died in that car in the seventies. <laughs> um, have you guys ever seen the uh, the spirit of John Lennon? It was, uh, I believe, it was a pay per view show where like they try to talk to John Lennon through like a spirit box. No, I don't remember this. Oh, that it's, sounds it's, like something pay per view would do. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's terrible, man. That's the kind of shit that like really bothers me. Where it's like I want to believe so bad, but then now they have like conversations with john lennon from beyond the grave and it's like oh god damn it on fox on eight o'clock <laughs> it's like hosted <laughs> by like jordy from star trek and it's like <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, uh, that was good. well burton's here <laughs> <laughs> what do you see what do you see <laughs> he's wearing the, the wearing his jordy sing- <laughs> signature glasses <laughs> Air Jordies. I mean, I guess for me, I mean, Art Bell's a big guy in St. Louis, and George Norrie actually, he, yeah. he's home in St. Louis. He's actually in the same cigar club that I'm in. At the, uh, yeah, man, so he's right rubbing it all in my face. That's cool, man. And I've never seen him there. Uh, I want to see him one time because I heard he's really fucking cool. George Norrie is like one of the coolest people, and um. He did. He got me really into it. I think more than anything. But my mom was. I mean, still to this day, is this person that just chased graveyards. She loved going into graveyards. She loved going into cemeteries. Uh, we always mom. mess with my mom on the show. It's like, yeah, I was home, and you know, we went to the graveyard because my mom loves going to graveyards. And this time, they had a picture of her. It was a coming soon poster, and you know, so. <laughs> We we have we've had a lot of fun over the years. Me and my mom caught some ghosts on cameras and shit. So it came really from my mom. And Jeremy has a really cool story of kind of how he got into it as well. Yeah. Uh, so I I grew up in a in a house that was haunted, and you're you know, the Jacob like of that parents, podcast. <laughs> they never they never really discouraged me from like interacting with it. Uh, I used to see an old lady walking around, but. We used to watch this show. You might remember the show, Sightings. Yeah. And uh, so we were really into that. But when my parents decided, I lived in North County in St. Louis, and they decided to move me out to St. Charles to, like, save my life or something from <laughs> keeping me out of, you know, gang violence and whatnot. And so they were having a hard time selling the house. So they put an audio recorder that was voice activated. Oh wow! Which now I know that's that's like not what you want to do. You don't want to have it voice activated. But the weird thing is that like sometimes they would you know they set it up and and hide it and we'd come home and nobody would have visited the house, but they'd catch voices. Hmm. And so we started you know like like what is this? Because there was you know you didn't have the internet back then, uh, but that show sightings showed us you know like they talked about it and that's kind of how we came to the realization what we're catching here is evps and this would have been uh my mom my mom still has them the little micro cassettes and uh this would have been like 1991 1992 yep. that mm-hmm. we were catching these uh so it's pretty wild because you'd hear like my dog walk through and then you hear like a man's voice 
Oh, wow. And that's really what got me into it. And then, you know, me and my buddies in high school would go chase the witch's grave and whatnot. Uh, and from there, it just all downhill. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I do all the time. Yeah. A good ghost hunter always has a recorder on them. Uh, you know, you can use your iPhone with a good mic. I use the H6 now, which is mm-hmm. what I use for my podcast. And, you know, you bring that in there and you bring some good gear and you set up stuff. And what we, me, what me and Jeremy have been doing recently is we've actually been reading more and more about the history. So when we were in Cambrai House, we they were all French. And so we were speaking French the whole time during our EVP sessions. Oh, wow. Because nobody, everybody, and this is the mistake that so many amateurs and even pros make, even like Zach Baggins and shit. Like, <laughs> those people are such clowns. It's like, They'll walk into a house, right, that's built by Germans. The people that died there were German. They never learned the English language. And you're asking these people questions in English. Yeah. And so you're not only saying two two things are happening right now. One, when you die, you can understand every language. (laughs) And and two. You can't? You can't? And two, you don't know your history. Like, if they're German, like, what? We have a Pythian castle, which is a really good haunt in Springfield. And we were down in this tunnel. And the tunnel goes for about 100 yards underneath the earth. It is one of the scariest fucking things. But me and Jeremy, if I'm with Jeremy, I'll go anywhere. We went down this tunnel. We're about 100 yards in. And we're with our friend Tony. Tony, um, I won't say his last name, but he he is one of the only mediums that I believe. Me too. This guy will fucking scare the shit out of you. It's like... He's the real deal. That you can't get any realer than him. Like Tony is like scares me. And he's down there with us and he's like, Shh, quiet. He's like, do what you were doing again, Frankie. And I like started playing because they had prisoners of war in this oh, tunnel. Shit. They used to chain them to the walls. And this was in Springfield, Missouri, but this is during World War Two. And so all the POWs that we captured went to this Pythian castle. And so they had um Japanese soldiers and German soldiers. Holy so shit. So we had Italians. Yeah, in Italian. So we started playing classical music from the 1940s from Japan and Germany. And the spike, before you know it, man, like, whether our eyes were deceiving us or not, it was the most active experience I've ever had in my entire life, EVP or not. Like, I was standing there. All three of us are in this cave. There's a light at the end of the tunnel where we came in. And I shit you not. What, Jeremy, about four or five of these shadows? I think I counted seven seven just came into the tunnel with us oh wow the temperature dropped um and i was skeptic and that was the day that kind of saved my ghost hunting after at, at that point i was even telling jeremy man this is like a waste of time every weekend to just be doing sitting in the dark <laughs> these things blocked the light coming and you wow. could see them going back and forth and tony's talking to them and dude it was like the most frightening shit so they were like ballroom dancing, looked, like the haunted mansion. It looked mansion. like they were handcuffed to the pipe. <laughs> oh yeah, wow! Crazy. Handcuffed to the pipes. Um, it just something happened, and then all at once, I think Tony said, "Why don't you come down here and talk to us?" And the minute he said that, wow! Caught wow. that picture. Speaking of, and I caught the picture. I have the picture. I can send you the picture. Please, yeah, send that that'd for be Instagram. awesome. Yeah, we'll put that. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, that specific thing, you know, saying like, "Hey, come down here with us." Um, a lot of those shows, like, I don't know if Ghost Hunter does it, but, like, a lot of those paranormal shows will be like, show yourself, demon! Like, and then, you know, to try to get a reaction from the demon or whatever, like, oh, you know, come down here and poop like a man! <laughs> or whatever it may be. So yeah. just, just to try to get a reaction from them. And, um, 
So was that something that you guys see on other, you know, television shows and go, man, that's total bullshit? Because, you know, in your experiences, does it make does it make a difference? Does it ever show anything? It depends on where you are. I mean, I'll have Jeremy answer this one, too. But my, from my experience, first and foremost, like those shows are fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. And the reason that is, is because me and Jeremy are in the are in the midst right now of doing one of the best probably the best cases that I've ever seen in my life. I met with the girl today and her son and they were shaken up. I've never seen people like this, uh, this shaken up. Like they moved out. There's a lawsuit with the landlord. They refuse to live there. Um, and I'll tell you one thing, when you go into houses like that and you cause bullshit and start taunting ghosts, you know, what's going to happen. Your activity is going to go through the roof and somebody's going to get hurt. The worst thing you can ever do is taunt a spirit, especially one that might be caught between this plane and the next. And it thinks that you're an intruder. Wow. So it's a very dangerous move. And Jack Baggins thinks he's a badass because a, I can guarantee you that guy's left hemisphere. He doesn't feel shit. He doesn't know shit. I call him out all the time. I even have a character called Zach Winnebago's. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I've been wanting to face him my whole fucking life. Every time he comes to St. Louis, I go to the, the uh, two people have actually listened to us. We told them, if Ghost Adventures are coming here, you say fucking no. And they both did. They said absolutely not. Because what they do is they're, they're putting you, they're putting the guests and the people that live in that house in a dangerous environment. Yeah. And so one of the things that you should never do is, first of all, you don't know what the presence is. Exactly. Right? If this is the dark, <laughs> come get it. They're not going to come at that point. They'll come when you're at your weakest. That's how the demons work. That's how darkness works. They're not yep. going to come when you're all brave around your friends. But when everybody goes home that night and you're stuck there alone, now they'll make their presence known. And sometimes people get scratched, they get bitten, and they even yep. at some point can get possessed if they've welcomed that invitation. Have you guys ever so, gotten scratched or bitten or anything like that? Uh, I got smacked in the face the last time Recently. I was at the Pythian. In the tunnel. Yeah, it was really, it was really weird because apparently my wife was uh, like in the second floor uh, doing, uh, she was using dowsing rods and talking to her grandpa. And apparently, uh, I never met him cause he died before, you know, she, she he died when she was two, mm-hmm. but, uh, he was talking to her and she said, well, Jeremy's down in the tunnels. So if you're, you know, feeling feisty, why don't you smack him in the face? Oh shit. And, at that same time, unbeknownst to me, I'm down there with like a group of people and I get smacked in the face and I flip my flashlight on and nobody's standing near me. Mm-hmm. But one of my buddies, Mark, is at the end of the tunnel. And uh, when I when I walk out, he's like, so what was going on down there? I was like, well, dude, I got smacked in the face. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, dude, something smacked me in the face. Like full hand just right across the cheek did he challenge and, you and to a door laughing because i have no clue that she my wife has is, uh asked her grandpa to smack me in the face but uh apparently it, the timeline matches up it was like about four or five minutes after she asked him to do it is Jesus. when i got smacked in the face Jeez, that's so that crazy was, that, you know what, though? You guys, you, you hit on a, a very valid point where you said that, you know, you, that one thing you don't do is you sit there and you challenge, you know, a dark, you know, force. And Art's heard me say this, you know, story about when we moved into my mom's house a thousand times. And he's smirking at me right now while I'm 
getting ready to say no, no, a portion no, no, no. of it, but you hit the nail on the head precisely right. Like my family's super duper religious. And, you know, anytime somebody moves into a new house or apartment or whatnot, you know, they go over there and bless that. Now, uh, my cousin, she actually married a priest at one point and he came over and he blessed my mom's house. And, you know, everything was honky dory, you know, for a little bit. But that first night that we moved in after, you know, he blessed it, that's when, you know, shit hit the fan and you hit the nail on the head when you said, yeah, everything's cool and whatnot, like when your friends are around, but they'll hit you when you're most vulnerable. And I believe I was six years old and I was getting ready to go to bed, took a bath and whatnot. And I heard a voice, you know, speaking at EVP, um, I heard a voice, you know, call out my name, Jacob. Now we're in a brand new neighborhood. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows my name. I'm six years old. I don't have many friends to, so to speak of. The only person that's going to know my name in this house is my mom. And she was in, you know, out in the front yard, you know, talking to the neighbor and it's just me in the house. And then, you know, later on in the night, my mom experiences a bunch of crazy shit where she's seeing thumbtacks and nails, you know, hit her headboard and, you know, things scratching her waterbed. I see an entity walk into my room, a, a, a dark figure walk into my room, sit in front of my bed and watch me sleep until the sun rises. And, you know, that we, you know, asked the priest, to, you know, my cousin's husband to come in. And, you know, do another, you know, do another blessing. And he's like, oh, we can't do a blessing here. We must do an exorcism. And he goes ahead and he brings all of his priest pals down. They do an exorcism. Everything's okay for a little bit. But then shit just keeps hitting the fan and they have to do another exorcism. And it gets more and more and more intense. And so you hit that nail on the head when you said that. You know, for me, I'm sitting here shaking my head. Yep, you're absolutely right. You, the worst thing you want to do is provoke a spirit. And as it turns out, instead of them trying to, you know, cast the demon out of the house, he was actually sitting there challenging whatever force that was in the house um, per, you know, people that were in the house when he was doing the exorcism. So here's one thing that uh, that uh, I always find intriguing. So, you know, you you brought up the religious aspect of it. And I think earlier, when, uh, don't remember which one you guys brought up that, you know, re- we don't know what it could be. So if this is something that's, you know, caught between this world and another world, or it's something from a different dimension, like parallel universe type of thing or a different dimension, which is something, a thought I will definitely entertain. Because I, I come from a total, I want to say a non-believer. I just, I'm very skeptical when, when people tell me ghost stories. Because you know, I need to see it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but... I do believe that if there's like a grain of truth, it's that it could potentially be coming from another dimension. You know, I I do believe that. I feel like that has a little more scientific backing to it, and that's why we're getting electric voice phenomenon, or you know, you know, during recordings, whether it be fucking orbs, which I don't believe in. I think orbs are total bullshit. I don't know. We'll we'll get into where you guys stand on that, but um, <laughs> but <laughs> there's your answer, Art. <laughs> But, I got uh, possessed by an orb one time. <laughs> I'm a cinematographer and a DP. The orb is the bane of my fucking existence. <laughs> it means I'm using a shitty fucking camera or a, the wrong lens if I'm picking up fucking dust particles. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate orbs. Every time I see something that's like, look at these orbs. They're at um, uh, some fucking like graveyard where like they fought. And then I'm like, dude, first of all, you're outdoors. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck. It could be like dust or like just what it pollen. Yeah, anything. God damn. Like it's just. I just think it's total bullshit. Like yeah. orbs are. I will. Anytime people show me pictures of orbs, I'm like, get the fuck out of my face. Stop showing me dust. Yeah. <laughs> the get only some lemon orbs pledge. I want to see are on my wife. 
There you go, baby. <laughs> the, what Jesus. are those called? Auroras? Aurora borealis. Aurora borealis. The nipples. What are the nipples called? Oh, the areolas. Areolas. Sorry, areola borealis. There we go. <laughs> yeah, this guy. The like... areolialis. There you go. <laughs> the real northern like... lights. <laughs> this uh, group on Instagram was really like, we started provoking them and they came back at us and they're like, we've made a business of warbs. I'm like, who's your sponsor? Pledge. <laughs> <laughs> Not it's lemon pledge. <laughs> Oh god! It's Swiffer. It's the Swiffer duster. There you go. <laughs> We're getting back to the, the dark stuff. I mean, I think that you know, I think that our next episode it talks about the origin and the history of exorcism, starting with um, Pope Paul the Five, Pope, Pope, Pope Paul the the Fifth, mm-hmm. where he actually enacts the order and writes the right. And when priests come in to do exorcisms, it doesn't mean that it's over. And yes, no. you do have yeah. dominion over demons, but only if you can call them by name. It's pretty clear. Uh, and until you get that from them, you can only really do that if you're ordained. You're talking about like one of my cousins was an exorcist priest, Whoa. and with the with Father Amorte, and he did over 979 exorcisms throughout his career. About 92 percent of them were a mental condition, schizophrenia, yeah. human um, personality disorder. Um, but aside from that, he did about 7% of his cases in, in Nicaragua, in Honduras, in Haiti, where the devil is very, very much apparent and present. You have to understand in America, it doesn't happen that much. And so anytime we hear a phenomenon of an exorcism happening, it's very, very much under the rug. Even though the Vatican with Pope Francis has stated that they want more awareness, you're looking at 500,000 active cases in Italy right now. That's 60,000 people in a 6 million people country. That's active right now. And so you only have 350 in the, in the brothers of black order. And because the exorcism is a gift, it's not something that every priest can do, nor do they want to do it. Yeah. Because in most cases they live a very draining life and most of them succumb to a demon eventually. Uh, Father Malachi is one of them. Martin Malachi. Mm-hmm. Actually, he's killed by a demon. It's a famous case. It's the uh, Hostess of the Devil. He writes a book in 1976. He talks all about exorcism. It's the best book on exorcism. Everybody always points to demonology, which was written by the Warrens. You have to read Hostess to the Devil, though, because that's actually written by a Vatican priest of the oh, Vatican wow. Second Order. And he actually, in the film, they did a documentary two years ago, Irish director. It's called um, Hostess to the Devil. It's on Netflix. If you watch that film, you'll be a believer. Martin Malachi was no bullshit. and He was the real deal. And so that's why when you when you say you're provoking something in the house, <laughs> let me tell you something. If you have a staircase in that house and you're by that staircase, because that is that's often the question, right? Can ghosts kill people? Well, there's one known case. It's a famous case. It's the Bell Witch, right? Killed John Doe. Um, but there's been others, right? People think that all the other, you know, recently in St. Louis, I won't go into the details of it, but there was a very haunted tavern in a bar and somebody was doing that taunting bullshit well turns out the next day they found the bartender dead down the staircase whoa Hmm. and so i think i know i think i know what bar you're talking about sorry go ahead yeah the the thing is with that is like it does happen it does occur you have to be careful there's always i always have relics on me always i mean when my priest when my priest cousin died he gave me his rosaries they're snowflake so they're snowflake quartz uh, from the Vatican. Jeremy's seen them. They're heavy as shit. And I carry them with me always because they fear that shit more than anything. They fear relics. And if you're not into that, then there's spiritual crystals that we can go over to 
that you can actually carry from a Native American standpoint that can protect you and your soul. You have to understand elements of the earth. We become elements of the earth. I know a lot of times people get all stupid about, oh, it's crystals or crystal. You have to understand you're part of that, right? The human body is 76.7% water. Yeah. You know, you're part of the elements. You know, you're, you're part of the stardust that created us. So the elements make a lot of sense that they hold energy. They house energy at the same time. Spirits and entity can draw that energy. And that's when you get into dangerous situations. Some of the most active places are around caves. There mm-hmm. are around natural springs. They're around limestone. Why St. Louis is so fucking haunted. It's all caves. There's 7,300 cave systems. We're the second largest next to Tennessee in caves. Wow. We have so much water. It is just a very haunted city. It'll conjure anything. Um, and so you have to be careful. That's why all the devil cases are always here. There's been two notorious exorcisms in St. Louis. And both of them have, you know, well, actually one was in Illinois, right? Was one Illinois? Iowa. Iowa. Well, so the the movie The Exorcist was actually, or the book was, even though it's mostly based on the 1949 St. Louis exorcism, it's also partially based on the 1928, I believe, Iowa exorcism. Wow. Yeah. Oh. And if you guys so, are, if you guys are daring, there's a video online, and I do not recommend that you watch it. Um, I think me and Jeremy stumbled upon it one time. Oh, Annalisa Michelle. No, 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 no. Oh. The other one where they found a, a videotape. Oh, uh, what was that called? Man, it's like, it's now like YouTube is, I've forbidden it, but my friend found it on a dark website. Oh, wow. Because they can't explain it. They found But the... they left a person that was possessed in a barn and they locked him up in there to die. And the camera was on the whole time. And it is the most frightening thing you'll ever see. If, if it's not Hollywood, that person should win an Oscar. That's some shit that I guarantee you still happens in like Latin American countries. Um, oh, yeah. fuck yeah. Where like does. they're in like chicken coops. And, you know, just this is more of a from personal experiences and things I've heard, you know, growing up. Um, I'm Mexican, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, and, you know, my grandparents still live in Mexico City. And, you know, I have aunts and uncles that live there. So, you know, things like that, like possession is something that is not joked around over there. Like the jokes that I get away with here are not the jokes that I would get away with over there. Because, you know, black magic and, you know, there's a thing called uh, La Santa Muerte, which is like the holy death, like the, mm-hmm. the that criminals prey onto. So like black magic's big over there. You can go into your local Walmart over there and pick up black magic items. Maybe not that extreme, but, you know, they're easier accessible, easily accessible to find there than they are here but you know possession is something they don't mess around with over there so like if you can't get a priest then more than likely this guy is gonna get like put in a chicken coop and that's one of the things i'm not even joking like that's one of the things i've heard so i wouldn't be surprised if somebody getting put in a barn is like oh yeah the equivalent that's not that far-fetched to me i remember we did that that episode on exorcism 2014 nicaragua had experienced a dangerous earthquake that same year uh vilma trujillo right oh it's my last name was is it? Yeah. What's Trejo, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you're trying yes. to pronounce it. Trujillo? <laughs> but Vilma basically was, by one of her brothers, said that she was possessed by the devil, and she kept saying that something bad <coughs> was going to happen to Nicaragua, something bad is going to happen. I feel it. They ended up, in 2014, staking this girl and burning her alive. Whoa. In 2014. A couple months later, the earthquake hit. Yeah, it's nuts. It's a real big case. He's now being tried for murder now. 2018. 
he's now being tried for murder in the country for, you know, murdering this person that was alleged a witch or possessed by the devil. Mm -hmm. It's a very dangerous thing, too. I mean, I know we're kind of a little bit off topic, but this is kind of all the stuff that me and Jeremy kind of get through our emails and desk. And every now and then we get our own little private cases about stuff. Usually when it's anything dealing with the devil, Mm -hmm. we'll go in first just to see maybe it's, you know, maybe it's just too many Hollywood films. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people get some ideas. <laughs> yeah, they get ideas. Um, <laughs> that's a big. That's a big thing too. Is, then we're lucky that we have the Jesuits right here in in the city of St. Louis. That's a big thing so, too with um, the power of suggestion, where it your mind's gonna gravitate to what it knows. Like um, a big example of that would be like the chupacabra. Um, the lady in Puerto Rico yeah. that um, described the chupacabra. You know, the night before she was watching that movie Species and she described on the dot what, you know, the alien and species look like as the chupacabra. And for to me, like, because I kind of I like to live in both worlds. I'll do the skeptic part of it and then I'll be like, OK, the believer side of it kind of walk the fence like a cat, if you will. And I always think to myself, I'm like, okay, what if it's just the power of suggestion? You saw something, like you watched The Nun, you know, two weeks ago, and then now your mind has that imprinted that, oh, this is what this is. Or, you know, you watch The Conjuring, or you watch The Exorcist, or you watch some scary B-movie on Netflix, and all of a sudden, you know, this is what your mind, since you don't know what it is, you're implementing, you know, that past memory into the present to explain what you're seeing or hearing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Valak, the, the ghost, the demon from the nun, is so highly misrepresented. Uh, Valak is actually, you know, he's listed as among, uh, as among one of the demons that have possessed in the past. He appears as a young boy because the demon itself is actually a small demon. Uh, you can see pictures of him online. He's more of like a cherub type yeah. demon. And that's his whole, his whole show. And if you read Lorraine Warren's account of it, she doesn't say it was a nun. She said it was a black cloaked item. Mm-hmm. It was not a nun. The fact that they brought the nun into it was just, I don't know, sacrilege from some higher entity. But, you know, Balak is a real demon. He's one of them. Um, Beelzebub, Azrael. Uh, there's a bunch of them that they all have different gifts and they all have to be dealt with differently. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you hear these people, they read one demonology book and they want to face a demon. Let me tell you something. You never want to be in those rooms. You don't. Uh, those things are fucking scary. Uh, my, my cousin used to talk about kids vanishing in front of them. Elliot actually did a crusade. One of our friends, Elliot, did a crusade in Haiti when he was a part of a couple different exorcisms where he saw kids levitate right in front of his eyes in Jesus. a tent in the middle of Haiti. And so the devil was more present in the third world countries because they don't have Hollywood down there. He can get away with a lot more shit. If that happened today, bro, you have a news crew and you have Zach Baggins walking through the fucking door. <laughs> Bruce, I'm going to face it. It's going to make me blind. Scratch <laughs> me, Scratch demon. Me, demon. <laughs> yeah, Come at me, bro. Zenu, you, scr- you face me now, Zenu. I have the power of Zordon behind me. <laughs> yeah, he's just such a fool. One Do you thing- want a roundhouse kick with these <laughs> affliction jeans on? <laughs> <laughs> One thing too, like that interests me is I was listening to a podcast um, by you know pro wrestler uh, Chris Jericho, and he dives into a lot of conspiracies and paranormal stuff as well. And he had a sure. lady on about two weeks ago, or not maybe even a month ago, I want to say, and she was 
I guess, a reluctant medium. And I guess she does non-religious um, exorcisms. And I was like, okay, what's this gimmick? Let me just listen to this for entertainment purposes. But it kind of interested me because what she was selling it on was like, okay, you know, you, you have good energy and bad energy. She goes, she said almost the same thing. Um, I'm just going to paraphrase her where, you know, a lot of it's Hollywood, but you know, you have positive energy and you have negative energy. And when you have, you know, paranormal things that are happening, you know, that are scary or whatnot. I'm trying to search for the words here. And, you know, that's where like a site or like maybe like a murder or rape or something very tragic, something very negative happened. And that's where those negative forces, that's where they thrive. That's how they live is by being attracted to like negative energy uh, such as that. So what are your guys' stance on that theory? Well, I think there's a lot to that. Uh, I mean, just with spirits in general, I, I differ in what Frankie believes. I believe that there are spirits of people who passed on. And if they were good people, they're going to be good people when they uh, on the other side. Same thing with bad people. It's not that I don't believe there are demons or, you know, you know interdimensional beings that were never even human. Um, and I also believe that, uh, with possession, there can be possession of, uh, from a, a human spirit, not necessarily a demon. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a, a terrible thing. Uh, I don't remember the exact, details of this case it's somewhat famous um but there was a a girl who who passed away uh, and as this right about the same time this other girl was born and when she got to be like a young teen maybe like 11 12 um this girl became possessed by this other girl's spirit um, to the point where she went and lived with this other girl's family for like a month and handled all this, you know, unfinished business that um, she did, she had with her family. I mean, she had the, the parents convinced uh, they she knew nicknames. She knew all this stuff of things. There was no way possible for her to know. We're talking like pre um internet and if i'm remembering it's 1940s when this happened um and so she lived with this family um she got you know kind of uh i guess the closure that either she needed or her parents needed with her and spirit goes away uh and she goes back and, and and lives with her parents and nothing else happened with it but it wasn't a negative thing Mm-hmm. So I think that there's that uh, give and take. I think uh, when those positive things happen like that, we don't necessarily hear about them as much because they don't affect us as negatively. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the 1949 St. Louis exorcism where he was possessed by Satan. Yeah, it's not sexy. And, you know, that's it's uh, it's kind of like all news. Um you know, the yeah, tragedy self. Really, yeah. They're beautiful and romantic, those stories, too. They're, they're, they're just not, everybody wants the salacious detail, the sinister dark. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's where the audience always pulls, you know, and, and that's why we started doing single shot, where they're more, 
these beautiful stories about some some of them are paranormal and some of them are just really weird coincidences and so single shot kind of brings to life these these occurrences in our human life that are absolutely true and you kind of walk away wondering wow i just listened to 13 minutes and did this really happen and you find yourself and so i guess yeah i mean you know the energy thing once again i would never debunk anybody unless i met them mm-hmm. mediums are interesting if she's saying that there is no this is what i do know from a exorcist possession standpoint the only effective exorcists that i've ever known about or that were approved by the vatican were the were the warrens mm. to date uh it's always the Catholic priest that comes in, even in the case of the exorcism of 1949 in St. Louis with mm-hmm. uh, Ronald Edwin Hunkler. And we reveal a lot about that episode next week uh, about who he was as the person, because forever his name was never revealed. Well, it turns out that Edwin, you guys get a little glimpse of it. It turns out Edwin was actually a savant. He was a brilliant kid. Absolutely brilliant. And he ends up taking five patents for heat shielding for NASA later in his life. So was this the type of kid that could have fooled people? Absolutely. Did he have all the stages and signs of possession? No, he only had three. He didn't have the most effective one, which is the known. The known is the scariest. The known is what sends the orders to the Vatican. Uh, And the known is basically a priest will walk in. Uh, my my cousin would walk in, Father Carmine would walk in, and the boy would look right at him, dead in his face, and talk about his mother, or talk about something that happened in the Vatican, or one of the schools, and the girl that he used to like, and how the fuck does this kid in the middle of Iowa know that? And there's just no way. There's no way that he could know that. And so, Jeremy makes a very good point on our podcast that's airing on Friday, and what Jeremy says in that, he says that a lot of times the possession is not of the boy. The demon wants to get to the priest. They yeah. want to get to the ordained. That's what they want. And they use the children as a device for invitation to get to them. That's the whole case in St. Louis. The kids actually starts out in where uh, Mar- uh, Maryland, right? Right, Jeremy? Cottage, Cottage City, Maryland. Right. And then the kid is going through a possession case. The Lutheran minister who knows nothing of possession or anything is trying to do these exorcisms and it scares him to death finally during a session at georgetown there's a scratch an in bed it's actually in the exorcist the film it says help me it actually didn't say help me it said lewis and so they sent him to st louis and he was going after one bowdrin he was going after priests and bowdrin uh what are the other ones jeremy halloran francis cleary so three priests actually had to deal with this devil, and they did it effectively. Not only were they Je- Jesuits, which is a sect of the Catholic religion, they're brothers. They're like monks, mm-hmm. and they're incredible. And that story was crazy because I think Father Bowdrin never talked about it. He kept a diary. And the last place the exorcism takes place is actually right here at the the Alexian Brothers Hospital, which still stands today. Now, where it took place, that building was raised. It's no longer there. And there's reasons because of it. They said that the howling and the screaming would not stop in this one sector of it. When they went to raise the building, nobody was permitted in one of the rooms. But the moving people had to move the stuff out. And they didn't really give a shit, nor did they know the lore of it. They go into this house, and what happens, Jeremy? A fucking black cat comes out. 
Yeah, well, they they unlocked the so a priest unlocks the door, and and I heard this story directly from one of the two moving guys. Uh, yeah, he unlocks the door. They open it, and a black cat runs out. This door has allegedly been locked since, since 1949. Yep, yeah. since since somewhere you know around Easter 1949. Uh, so they go in there and they start boxing up the furniture and one of them opens a drawer in a desk and they find a diary. And that is the diary that if you do a little bit of digging, you can, it's more like notes. And that's the diary that you can actually find online. That is not the diary that, uh, William Peter Blatty, uh, got to see when he uh, did the case study for the exorcist, the book. Right. There was so, a bunch of them. Jeremy actually owns 23 pages of it. He has it in his vault. Oh, wow. Um, the actual <laughs> priest diary. Like we have some cool relics. I have three haunted eye objects in my house. Um, Whoa. That's you know, actually the, where I wanted to go with it. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I want to talk about haunted no, the, objects. The, okay. Yeah. So the thing is, is that like when you get into it and when, See, Jeremy has his own belief system. He'll tell you that he's an insensitive, which is funny. But <laughs> for me, like, I say my prayers every night. I say my rosary every Wednesday. Yeah. I say my rosary every Friday. I do my novena every Wednesday. I'm just very practicing. I even wanted to be a priest for a very long time. And so part of me always has this sect. And I, and I respect, I love pretty much me and Jeremy, even though we kind of lean a little bit conservative, we are very socially liberal. We love gay. We love trans. We always make fun and we always like poke fun at it. And we have a lot of friends. And so even though we have, I have a religious background and we're a little bit in the aisle toward the right, we're very socially liberal. And so my religion and my belief and my love for God has nothing to do with judging other people and how they live their lives. Um, And so I wish more people would look at it that way. I use mine mostly because I still have the fear of God. And as long as you have the fear of God from my perspective, and I'm not saying that the medium that doesn't believe in, in God and she believes more energies is wrong. I'm just saying from my perspective, I've only seen Catholic priests be effective at, at, at possession and exercising demons. I've never mm-hmm. seen, aside from the Warrens, be that ordained, like, to do that. I mean, non-denominational churches wouldn't do it. They send you to the Catholics. They're like, well, the Catholics actually study this stuff. Maybe we should send you over there. <laughs> they back the fuck <laughs> yeah. away. And some priests will back the fuck away. Yeah, I don't like, blame them. I, I recently asked the priest if they'd bless my house. And he said, why, why, why do you want to um, why, why bless my <laughs> I'm like, why do you want me to come out and just bless the fucking thing? And, yeah. and he's like, yeah, I'm going to send somebody else out there. You know, it's like some of them don't even get mixed up with it. It's like it's not even haunted. I just want you to come out here and put a nice blessing on it for fuck's sake. <laughs> I just want to sleep good tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you guys ever heard of the case of Robert the Doll? Yes. In Key West? Uh, yeah. So, Absolutely. so that's one of those ones, you know, it's close to like the Annabelle type of scenario where it's definitely a haunted item. Um, so I, I'm assuming, you know, you said you own a couple of, uh, possessed items. Is that how you phrase haunted it? Items. Haunted items. Um, so I'm assuming you guys definitely believe that an item can be possessed, kind of like Robert the doll or something like that, or like Annabelle. Is, do you guys buy into that? Is that something you guys also believe in? That not just a yeah, person, we, but an actually, object. The best, 
the best haunts always come from an object mm-hmm. and the best possessions as well. It always starts with an object, whether it's a Ouija board, but it's an open to invitation. In The Conjuring, the first film is a lie. The second film is very much the truth. Okay. Uh, you have to monitor and watch those films. They ebb and flow a lot. But the second one is based a lot on the homemade Ouija board they made. You got to watch that thing. That's something I won't keep in my house, but Jeremy owns one from the 30s, which is wood. It's Oh, really no, it's the, the, the 1890s. Oh, 1890s. shit. Yeah, 1890s. Yeah. yeah, that's during the second spiritual awakening, too. So you had these different parts of time where you know, haunted objects were seen as like the Divots box, right? The Divots box was something that was huge. Zach Baggins ended up buying it for like an, a ludicrous amount of money. Um, he I hope he soul. opened it. Yeah, he opened <laughs> it and everything, which is just fucking dumb. Because you're talking about um, you're talking about Judaism, right? And you're also talking about Kabbalah. Judaism, Islam, they have like Islam has Jim, which is their demon, who actually uh, so Islam's demon is basically. I know we keep getting back into demons. I'm sorry, haunted objects. Um, but these <laughs> these characters can be trapped in certain devices, and a lot of times it becomes the residual haunting, right? I don't know if you guys know what that is. Mm-hmm. So the residual haunting can stem from a certain artifact. So if you own somebody's artifact, so say they died in a chair and you own that chair, that part of history where that happened can replay if the ions are right, if the stars align if the chemicals are right. And that's why on a dark and stormy night, every ghost story starts with a dark and stormy night. And that there's a reason behind that. And the origin behind that is negative ions in the air, create energy for forces. Yeah, that energy. And it could be dark forces and it could be spirits. But most of the time, if you're doing a ghost hunt and it starts to rain, every ghost hunter is going to get happy because they want the rain. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. They want that weather. I love it. Raining is, is that's ghost hunting weather. Yeah, activity goes way up. <laughs> That's probably why we never see ghosts here in Bakersfield. Yeah, it never like rains out here. hot <laughs> and dry. And... <laughs> yeah, probably not, man. I mean, you, you kind of... Well, you, you don't need it per se, but like the haunted objects that I keep, I call them haunted objects because they believe... They, they belong to um, one of my... What would I say? My It's kind of weird to say this. It's very Edgar Allan Poe, but uh, one of my soulmates who's dead. And she's actually the whole theme of, of my documentary that we're putting out next year. A documentary is not paranormal by any means, but I wanted to own things that were her so I can get a feeling of her when I do my film and when I write about her. And so I own, and it's, it's taken me, I've, I've flown to New York city to pick up items that were hers all the way from St. Louis. That's beautiful. I've gone man. to Wisconsin to retrieve the revolver that killed her. Um, oh. So yeah, <laughs> it just depends on where you are with your spirituality and so like weak people should never ghost hunt. Uh, like if you're scared, yeah. like scaredy cats, the worst people to have in a ghost hunt. One because, question. Or the best thing, right, Jeremy? Cause you might get a lot of activity. Actually. <laughs> yeah, they could be a trigger object. That's like those dudes yeah. are like, what's that ball headed guy from the same show from ghost hunters. He's like, Oh, something, something farted on me. And it's like, he's scared of everything. Every, every little thing, every cold breeze, do you guys associate cold breezes? You know, like, what was that? I just got cold. Like, I just got... Uh, is that also... Because um, that just seems like that happens to me every night, so I might have a demon in my room. Well, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a demon, but um, you can have... Uh, the exorcist made that famous. <laughs> well, yeah. 
but the you can have atmospheric things happen like that. Um, drafts, you know, if there's nothing, uh, no open windows and stuff. Uh, one of the ones there's a, I've been trying to locate this house for a few years. There's a house in the North County of St. Louis that every day at 6:30 p.m. a cold wind blows down the steps. Uh, to the point where, like, they say they can put a candle on the steps and it'll blow the candle out. Wow. They uh, there, you know, it's there's a lot of different things that are associated with with you know hauntings and paranormal activity that people just ignore. You know, temperature changes. Uh, me and Chris Ketters, the guy that uh, we were talking about earlier, we were at a hospital, and the ambient temperature was about 50, 52 degrees. And we go into this room and we start trying to interact with this little kid spirit. And the room went and the period of about five minutes went from about 50, 52 to 28. Jesus. And we had, we had, you know, thermometers to measure this. We could see our breath. Um, Another thing that happens a lot that people tend to just overlook because I think they just don't think about it. It smells. Smells might be the most common thing you have happen. It actually, the house that I live in, I sit in the chair I'm sitting in right now. Every so often, I get this weird smell. And I have looked everywhere. And I can't even, like, put my finger on what it is. It's not floral, but it's it's unusual and it, and it happens and I can't trace the smell and it's not a fart because I see you fucking <laughs> laughing at me, motherfucker. It's like motherfucker. That sounds like a seven layer burrito to me, sir. It, that's your smell. It's funny you say but, that because you know, oh, go ahead. It, it it that's the kind of thing that people just ignore. You know, like they make the jokes about like cigarette smell or grandma's cookies, but those things actually happen. And it really just takes a, full, a few molecules, you know, of manipulation to make those things happen. And it makes no sense because if you think about, like, maybe somebody used to smoke a cigar in here 60 years ago, but how many times have the walls been painted, the flooring's been changed, the, the even the ceiling's been painted, the windows have been cleaned? That smell shouldn't be in here, but every once in a while, you walk through it's raining, maybe lightning hits, and then and then all of a sudden you walk through this, the entryway and you smell like heavy cigar smoke. And that's that type of thing that people just don't think about. Or, you know, because we're adults, we rationalize it. Oh, that's just the house creaking, even though it sounded exactly like a dude in boots walking up the steps. <laughs> yep. Man. I mean, they... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, sorry. I was just, that's a lot to think about. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, and I think that's, it's, you know, it's when you're a little kid and you don't know all the things that adults know, you instantly go to that. And you're like, it was a ghost. Or maybe because you're more open mm-hmm. because you haven't, you haven't, you know, had all the life experiences that an adult has. You actually know it's a ghost. And as you get older, your parents are like, oh, come on. It's the house settling. You knock it off. You're you're a big kid now. And they kind of almost condition you not to think about that stuff. And becoming a ghost hunter 
you kind of have to like reverse that thought process. And it's not like I'm, I'm walking around and every creak I hear is a footstep, but you do have to Be like open. think, wait a second, what was that? And, you know, try and figure out what was that noise? Mm-hmm. And was that a footstep or what? Why does it smell funny right here? Do I have gas and I can't, I can't <laughs> feel it leaking out. Uh, yeah, like, Sulfur, sulfur, real... and cold spots. In some cases, like the smell of sulfur and cold spots, are dangerous. Those are really warning signs. If you're getting sulfur and you're getting cold <laughs> spots, you're talking about darkness. You're talking also about space, and this is where a lot of the, the lines are drawn within what is paranormal, what is the darkness, right? Why would something from hell be cold? You know, when you look at the, the average temperature around space. You'll freeze to death if you go outside the fucking door within seconds and you'll fucking implode. But a lot of people don't transfer. Is this some kind of new is this some kind of plane that we've crossed over where we're seeing something happen? There's some kind of frequency there. So a lot of times people speculate portals or wormholes or some things that open during certain celestial cycles that things happen all of a sudden, like because every time you tell a ghost story or somebody tells a ghost story to you, it'll always be the same ghost story. That's what we call a residual haunting. You just happen to be in the right place at the right time. When the woman in white walked down the stairs, because a hundred other people saw that my mom is one of them. My mom saw one of the most famous ghosts and she's arguing with it, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> we were in Charles. Yes. Because my mother argues with anything, even the dead, but <laughs> she's Hispanic, right? No, she's Italian Sicilian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the same, yeah, same. Um, Explainable. Anyway, yeah, this yeah. lady comes down the stairs. We're at a famous restaurant in Charleston. It's it's haunted by a dog and a woman. It's, it's incredible. It's called Pugin's Porch. It's known for their shrimp and grits. They win every year, and their uh, Charleston, South Carolina BLTs. The only difference is that they use this amazing mayo with pimento cheese, and they use um, a fried green tomato in the center of it. It's a famous sandwich, and 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 so we went there for those types of things. My dad is a chef. Blah, 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 blah. Well, my mom gets in and she goes, this lady just wants to stay. I'm talking to this lady. She just goes, I'm talking to this lady and she just walks away from me. What the hell kind of restaurant is this? <laughs> and the hostess comes over. She goes, what are you talking about? That's a private residence upstairs. No one's allowed up there. She goes, well, there's a woman. She's staring at me right there. And my mom looks up and they open and she's gone. And then the owner of the restaurant comes up and says, oh, I know who that was. And gives her the book of the Coogan's porch and this whole story about this woman who appears to be a hostess. Oh my God. Of course my mom catches a ghost. Like my mom actually has seen the golden ticket is what me and Jeremy said. The full body apparition is what everybody wants. Not a race. You can see plenty of race if you fuck around with the Ouija board enough, but, or any kind of tarot reading that somebody's doing it wrong. If there's more than three cars in a tarot deck, fuck away. Um, too much shit going on there. And, Fuck. you know, when you look at it from a from a different standpoint, you know, sometimes they're right in front of us and we don't even realize it. You know, it's not always this ghoulish thing that's like, you know, that stupid face from the exorcist that keeps appearing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's like the least scariest part of that movie, by the way. <laughs> what? That was the least scariest part of that movie, by the way. I was like, can they just oh, cut God. that out? <laughs> yeah. Scariest part of that movie is the spinal tap. Oh, when she's in the hospital? <laughs> oh, that's just terrifying. I don't know, man. It's always been that drawer for me where it's like that that right there 
that's William Blatty. That's him talking to a priest when that demon says in time. Like, in they're not going to fucking take orders from you right away. You know, that that's why that's so chilling to me is that, like, you know, my cousin would tell me stories at the family reunions about some shit that he'd seen. And it's like, man, there's no way this kid from Haiti could speak English like that. Like, there's just no fucking way. And it's just, you know... I wish he wasn't gone. He died a couple of years ago in January, man. His stories, man. I, and now I'm this documentary filmmaker and shit, and I fucking have all this camera equipment. If you caught one interview with that guy, his stories were so rich. It was just insane. He used to talk about, like, um, how there's no fucking way that these people could just have inflections in their voice like that. And he talked about how ancient the demons were. Like, you're talking about fucking Rome. Like, Roman soldiers. Like, like it's fucking it was just crazy and i and i hate that like that's gone and it's hard for the older priests to talk about it you know when it's family it's different but man yeah. you just tell these different stories and shit but you know anyway i mean like you know we kind of got sidetracked i've i've seen robert at the key west museum i've been very respectful of robert once again you don't approach robert like an asshole from a ghost hunting show <laughs> you know you, you, you approach robert in respect because something's in robert there's definitely something that manifests inside robert it's the same thing with the bell witch cave you don't take fucking rocks from the bell witch cave in tennessee that's Eesh. a stupid fucking idea you'll find your ass buying tickets from delta or southwest and flying back there to return those stones you don't fucking do that and the funny thing is you put them in your friend's backpack that's what you do <laughs> <laughs> or your enemies. Why is all this bad luck happening? It's a bunch of stones from the Bell Witch Cave. Where does rock come from and all this bad luck? Oh, man. That, that is the craziest story of all time, man. And what you heard when you were a kid was not an EVP. What you heard is another golden ticket. That's the disembodied voice, man. That's fucking scary. Yeah, it it was... It was... You, you you were talking earlier in this episode where you know that organic response like i felt every bone in my body like quiver and then like every hair on my little six-year-old body like was standing up straight and i went to look outside for my mom and she was literally like a hundred yards away outside with the door closed and i was like holy shit what the fuck is going on and then from that night forward i mean just crazy shit after that um I mean, it's a, like an hour and a half story I can go into, but yeah, it, from that day forward, like it's weird. Like you talked about the weak people shouldn't go on ghost hunts. Cause it seems like since, since that night forward, or I should say since that time frame forward, um, it takes a lot to scare me. Yeah. Obviously if there was a fucking lion in the middle of the street, like charging at me, yeah, I'm going to be afraid of that. Or, you know, somebody has got a gun right. to my head. I'm going to have, I'm going to be afraid of that. But like when it comes to scary movies or, um, you know, when you're younger, like, Oh, there's a haunted barn. Let's go like, check it out. Like I, I have this, this, this overwhelming calm that comes over me just because it's just like, you know what? I've seen shit. I've experienced shit. Like, so, I mean, it's, kind of like the opposite of what R said like i'm gonna have to really see some shit to actually get afraid like i don't go into something preemptively afraid like something actually has to happen now because i've experienced shit for me to get afraid oh i don't go into things afraid i don't even believe oh, no, yeah, yeah. that you saw a ghost. so it's like for me it's just kind of like it's hard for me to i want to like see this like i want to believe it like mm -hmm. i'm probably on the opposite end of all of you guys where i it's not that I don't believe, but it's like, you know, so many things. I mean, I've experienced things and I've seen strange things and 
I fucked around with the Ouija board for for a couple of years in my younger days, and and I've gotten some some strange things. When when you brought up the whole like tarot cards and things like that, like I had a really dumb friend that was always doing stuff like that, and like, um, you know, I, I've I've experienced some strange things, but a lot of them, you know, it's just not to the point where I'm like, yes, this is this is definitely like a something demonic, and. And even do you remember that time? I was just funny because I was just talking to Ben about this. But that time we were we went to San Francisco for the Nine Chanels concert, mm-hmm. and um, that's around the time period that I was like really, really like messing around with the Ouija board. And I remember I, I brought it up to you Can't guys. Can't believe I let you drive. <laughs> yeah. So like I was I was we were all like you know sharing a hotel room. It was like four of us in one hotel room, and like I was just like yeah, and like that's what's going on. And like right at that moment where I'm like, uh, like we just hear like a banging on the wall, like boom. Yeah. And it was just like. You know, to the point where I'm like, yeah, I guess, you know, there could be something, there could be something here behind this whole Ouija board thing and like, you know, being very young and disrespectful. And I'm still probably very disrespectful, but, um, you know, I, I, Well, you guys are right there in California. You should go, uh, pay your respects to, uh, Pearl Kern and Patience Worth. Hmm. Where's that? In LA. She's buried in LA. She's from St. Louis originally. Oh, okay. She is the only documented case that Harry Houdini himself could not debunk. Oh, wow. And amongst others. Yeah. And Harry Houdini made his entire lifetime about that. He, <coughs> he actually said if there was an afterlife that he would return. To this day, some music, some magicians still believe he will. Because uh, if he could do it, if Houdini could do anything, after you go to my house, <laughs> one original poster of Houdini's work, and then I have a, a copy of one as well. I'm a huge fan of Houdini. And so just the work he did from a debunking standpoint, am I a believer? I'm absolutely a believer, but do I want to see things? I think that when you're touched, uh, you know, like your, your cohort is and the way Jeremy has been, I don't necessarily know that I want to see something like that again. I mean, that's what we're going out for, but you know, there is just some scary fucking shit out there. And it's unexplainable, and that's why we call it the paranormal, because it can't be explained. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. like, people try to profit off that. It's a huge margin for that as well. You know, it's that's the other sick part about paranormal. The scariest thing is these paranormal groups, man, that, like, go out and take advantage of historic properties. And, you know, we're in a big fight with a group out here. And it's, like, it's just sad that, like, people want, you know, look at the people that are interested in something, and they try to ruin it for everybody, whether they're going to make an app. You know, it's just software and being like, yeah, that's that's not a real app, guys. Like, <laughs> you know, because people want to believe so much. I think they, they go, they matrix themselves. They pareidolia themselves into thinking and seeing things that aren't there. Listen, the people that I know for a fact that I believe wholeheartedly, one is my best friend, Jeremy. One is my mother. My mother would never lie. Never lie. She's not a liar. They've seen the full body apparition. They exist. And if you're going to see it, it ain't going to come in an orb. It ain't going to come in a glass. <laughs> it ain't going to come in a fucking mirror that I have to fucking magnify 6,000 times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Full body fucking apparition will fucking make itself known. And I think the best piece of evidence that exists was found by our buddy Chad Gaelic, right? Oh, man. Down. And Sir down. No Face. Sir No Face. You guys should check that uh, video out. It's on Prime. Okay. That sounds really <clears throat> interesting. Um, there is, um, a photograph and I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's a really famous photograph of a family, right? And it looks like a body is falling from the ceiling. It's a black and white photograph. Have you guys ever seen that photograph? I, I know what you're talking about. I have seen that. 
so um, I don't remember what the what the case was behind it, but I do off the top of my head. I can remember that photograph. So I'm There's just gonna, like three of them. Yeah, so it's like a mom and like her two kids, right? And there's uh, it yeah. looks like their their first night at this one house, and like someone's taking a black and white picture of the uh, family, and like it's pretty full body apparition of of body falling upside down. So like head first with its arms going down, the face is completely blacked out, and it's pretty clearly a body. Um, you know, that's another picture that I find really difficult to debunk. Although I do find it strange that the picture itself, you know, in the time of like, uh, you know, actual proper photography, the picture itself is very centered a little to the right, which doesn't make sense to me. Like why would the family be centered to the right? And just to get that perfect shot of the body coming down, that's a little strange, but still to this, to this day, like that's something that would be difficult to fake in by today's like Photoshop standards, you know, like back then, I, I think this is picture was taken in the 40s so it's like super fucking difficult to fake in that poof yeah it's like they would have to actually be dropping a body to get that perfect shot like that like it's pretty creepy i mean if you can find that picture and put it on the instagram or whatever but um like is is that i, I guess like that to me i don't know if you so you said you've seen the picture yeah i know i've, I've seen that picture before is do you and believe that that's a real picture it's hard to tell because well, even back then, they had the availability. Yeah, yeah, they had that availability to to fake it. I think, and I'm probably getting ready to say what you're you were gonna say is. Yeah. I think the best picture I've ever seen is from Amityville. Yeah, that's a and fucked up picture. That it's a boy standing at the. I think it's like in a doorway of a bedroom on the second floor. And it was taken when the Warrens were doing the investigation there. That well, is, they, they weren't doing it. They didn't do the investigation. They got there. Was it? Was it okay? So, but it was. They were, it was they an were investigation. They, right. They went through because I mean, what's his name? De Stefano. Yeah. No, no. No. Well, Lutz is the guy. Yeah. The Lutz family was there. But. but uh, that if you you can look at that picture online, that's never been debunked, and it looks just like the little boy that was killed. Oh wow! Uh, it, and it's in his room too. It's fucking creepy. And it, yeah, yeah. I, and, you guys are slowly yeah. but surely turning me into a believer. I'll be completely <laughs> honest with you. It goes to that theory though, where it's just like negative energies are attracted and they feed off of you know negative events. You know, I can totally see that. Um, I told this guy a couple of weeks ago, like the house that we're currently recording in that I bought, you know, uh, somebody died here. And, um, it, you know, it, it's very mundane here. It's very peaceful here. And the more I find out about like the original owners of this house, because I'm only the second owner of this house. Um, they lived here since the, the 60s when it was built. Um, very great people, very just generous and just just salt of the earth kind of people and just like if i'm having a horrible day at work or whatnot i come home and yeah i mean home is where the heart is kind of thing but like you kind of get like that like grandpa-ish feeling you know like you know like oh shucks i had a bad day at school you know and then grandpa's there to talk to you kind of get like that feeling so it kind of goes in that direction where it's just like you know whatever f residual energy is residing there that's that's what's you know going to be fed upon 
Yeah. Well, it said it, the Biltmore Estate in North Carolina, Nashville, North Carolina. It was, it was owned by the Vanderbilts, of course. And the Vanderbilts were such a, an incredible family. They gave a lot of their acreage that they owned to the National Park Service. They did a lot of wonderful things for the community. And most of all, the family really doesn't have a lot of tragedy in it. There's a lot of love in that family. There's a lot of love in that house. And although it's this Gothic home, and if you ever had the chance to be there, spend the hundred bucks and go through it because you will never see a house like that ever. Uh, it was the same Lantech. Oh yeah. That's a weird fucking picture. All right. I'm showing him that picture. Yeah. That you were talking about with the fallen ghost. Yeah. Thanks. I just showed it to Jacob. That's crazy good timing because I'm yeah. literally showing it to Jacob right now. <laughs> I was like, how are you showing it? <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, did you see that? Yeah. Are we on live stream? But yeah, that, yeah, that is yeah, a weird picture. paranormal shit. But, you know, you, you, you kind of... Sorry, I lost my train of thought, but um, that's a creepy picture. Yeah, here it is reversed. <laughs> <laughs> but you can look at it from a, a bunch of different ways. I mean, there is the, the skeptic side of me that, you know, is the also the college professor, <laughs> also the, you know, the the skeptic, the scientist also comes kind of comes out, especially when you're dealing with chills, when you're dealing with the... the see, EMF is often confused with the same exact feeling as being watched. It creates a signal inside the body to either fight or flee. Mm -hmm. uh, and what happens, why this happens is because if enough EMF is emitting from an old cord, old outlet, old knob and tube, if we have a lot of EMF in a house, you're going to get the feeling that somebody's watching you because what is happening is EMF is manifesting within certain corridors and rooms of the house. So what effects does that have on the body? Well, EMF, basically what it does is it lowers your melatonin levels in your body. And the minute that that starts to drop, you can have chills. So goosebumps, cold spots, all those types of things can happen. And so these are the things you evaluate with real ghost hunters, not these, these groups that go out and they're like fucking with their cameras and their lights. The first thing you have to evaluate is when you walk into a house, the first thing you're doing is proving that a ghost is not here. And so the first test that you do is you run EMF. That's why we have EMF detectors. EMF detectors detect EMF in the air and where is it coming from? Now, if you're in a fucking room and there's no electric and you're in a fucking barn in the middle of nowhere and an EMF detector is going off and you're like fucking, you know, your levels are at like eight, you might have something that's not from this world in that room with you. Yeah. I'm just saying. But in most cases, what happens is it's just old electri electrical wiring that you should actually probably take a look at because your house can get fire. <laughs> at the same time, at the same time, you you have this inability to have all these fears. Somebody's watching me. I see. It can even make you hallucinate, which is why the God helmet and all that shit. I just don't believe in. Yeah. You're putting magnets on your brain. Those magnets, electromagnets, are pumping EMF inside Aye. your brain, into your certain lobes of your fucking brain. So naturally, you're going to fucking hallucinate. <laughs> it's like taking LSD. Nobody else sees the green leprechaun hitting your shoe, bro. <laughs> like, but you do. Doesn't mean it's fucking real because you see it. Telter so, skelter, man. <laughs> exactly. And so you do have to take it with a grain of salt from a skeptic standpoint. You always have to look for the trash panda that's making all the all the all the ruckus in the attic, you know, the squirrel, you know, the tree rat, the possum, you got to look for that type of stuff. And then, you know, when you hear knock, when we get calls, I mean, Jeremy will get calls and we'll get emails or inboxes and we start, Hey, I got scratches. 
Hey, I keep waking up at the same time every night, four, 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 or three o'clock in the morning. Hey, I've got three knocks. I got knocks coming. The first question out of me and Jeremy is now is how many knocks are you hearing? They're coming in threes. That's fucking dangerous. That's mm. dangerous. The knock sequence in three is a very dangerous sign that something is waiting for an invitation. It's there. It's with you. That's Seeing crazy. Because that, that, that story I was telling you about earlier, the next day yeah. after all the crazy shit was going down, when my mom was getting me ready for school, we were hearing knocks within the the wall, like a little four-inch piece of fucking drywall. We were hearing knocks within that. And I do, yeah, I do believe it was in threes as well. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, so it always comes in threes. It's the witching hours at three o'clock. That comes from Salem. Uh, Salem Somebody actually... wanted to be your friend. Oh shit! Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody wanted your body. Somebody wanted sharing. Sharing. My body the is a wonderland. <laughs> the thing is, is that your target might have been your cousin, who was the priest. Maybe, because he did some fucked up shit later on. <laughs> oh god. So, yeah, we don't need to well, get to that. that. See, the demon knew he had a weakness. That's the whole movie with Karis. Wow. All these priests had weaknesses. And yeah. that's why they, that's who they want, man. They, they want the ordained. They want the ones to turn over. This this whole like spotlight thing that happened in Boston with all the fucking molestation, man. The devil was fucking loving that shit, man. Those are all the priests he fucking turned, man. It's like, wow. it's a sickness when you, when you heavily believe in the religious aspect of it. The discarnate, the, the ghost, the people that died, lived 84 fucking years of their life, raised a family, had a business, and then dies. And for the rest of eternity, he just wants to jiggle your fucking doorknob. I have a real problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm just, just here to slam your silverware drawer. I yeah, just want to see those muscular I'm arms. Close this door because I'm going to slam it a couple times because I'm here for eternity. It's like <laughs> you know, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out on that. So, but a, but a demon, yeah, a demon's going <laughs> to keep you up. Demon's going to wake you. Demon's going to ask, "Hello, are you there? Who are you? Want to talk to me? Here, let me get the let's communicate." And somebody brings over a Ouija board, and there you go. Yeah. Oh shit! That and just amplifies everything. To Captain Howdy. Have you guys? Oh, yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> Have you guys ever had any experiences with the Ouija board? Is that something you guys just don't talk, touch at all? My both story of us. Is actually in a book. Wait, I'm sorry, you guys. My both. story. Oh, my story ahead. is in a book called "Ghost Among Us." Ooh. Yeah. So guess check out that book. Bad. Guess I'm gonna have to learn how to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, no, it's a really, it's a, it's a bad, bad story. Like we. It, it's to tell it now is probably another episode, but to give you the brief synopsis, like people don't realize that if you've ever taken the Ouija board seriously, that it's an, it's a, it's a, it's a conduit to the other side. I am 100% not skeptical of the Ouija board. I do not play the Ouija board. I will not got no, the one time I've gone near a Ouija board is with my cohort over here. And we <laughs> saw what happened to me because that motherfucking person is still there i was in st louis i i hadn't played with a ouija board since i was probably 15 years old and this is now almost 23 years later and i never promised it off told the priest and my dad and jeremy's like come on we're in the let mansion you gotta nah. play the ouija board. and we had some guests from out of town from the paps brewery from jacob best is uh, best place it's a really cool place uh, it's all about paps beer and stuff in milwaukee and we invited them down they're actually getting married so congratulations if you're listening 
but we invited them down. They stayed at the Lent Mansion. We bought them champagne. We had a great night. We showed them all around Lent Brewery because when we were in Milwaukee, he was showing us all around Paps Brewery. And Paps and Lent were really good friends. So it was this awesome relationship we made. We're in their room, and they said, oh, look what they left us. They left them a Ouija board. That's what the Lent Mansion does. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So Jeremy's like, come on, Frank. You just play it one time with me. And I said, all right, Jeremy. Like, we're having a good time. I had a couple of drinks with me, so... You know, we were playing, we started going around, and he's like, is somebody here? Yes. And he's like, is it Elsa? And it says no. And then it says it is a Lent family member. And I went to know, and it was just moving so weird, and I knew that move. And I'm like, Jeremy, I can't do this. I know who this is. I know who this is. And so I turned my head away, and then Jeremy's like, do you know any of us in the room? And I said, yes. Oh, and they're like, that. well. And then Jeremy, out of nowhere, says, give us the address of where they used to live. And I shit you not, right on the board, it said 5921. I got up. I fucking lost my shit for like 15 minutes. I went downstairs, and I would not go back in that room. Like, so, I wouldn't either. <laughs> they're still there, man. Once you open that gate, any priest will tell you, any good priest will tell you, once you open it up, it's always there because we never close the board. We burn the board. Oh, fuck. So, yeah. I still have a scar on my leg uh, from that fucking Ouija board. Ooh. Fuck that. I snapped, I snapped it in half and it went through my thigh. Not Eesh. enough to kill me, but and then we put it and I shit you not and I'll tell this in the story, it's in the fucking book. We burned that board and we heard screams from hell. Oh wow. fuck. It's like so those, bad my dad shit. came out. My dad does not believe in shit. Unless it's a golf course. My dad <laughs> true story. <laughs> and he he comes out and he says, What the fuck is all that screaming out here? And we're all three of us are just looking at him. And then he looks over to the trash, his bin, right? That's just like has flames coming out howling. And he's like, Y'all done with that fucking board and went back inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom's got some crazy Ouija board stories too when she was a, a I lost, kid. Yeah, I lost my dog to that shit. Oh, fuck that. Damn. Yeah, fucking, well, dog fucking darted right in front of a bus out of nowhere. Because it was thrown. The UPS driver said, "Looks like your dog was thrown in front of me." Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! Yeah. That's oh, the worst. That's the most heartbreaking up. thing. I love dogs. Um, well, guys, um, we've been we've been recording for a while now. I mean, I, I gotta admit, you guys have been a blast to have on. Like, honestly, you guys are slowly but surely turning me into a believer. I personally would love to have you guys on again. Oh yeah, because yeah, this has been so insightful, and I feel like, you know. It's a good place to stop just because I definitely, you know, I have my own Ouija board stories. I'd love to continue this conversation to like a part two eventually, you know. Um, sure. But yeah, man, I, I, I'm i so thankful to have having you guys on. And, you know, if you're a listener of ours, go and listen to The Graveyard Shift. It's so good. And then their uh, review of of uh, The Exorcist. Exorcist is fucking hilarious, so oh, yeah. go do that. <laughs> it got me through a tough so workout. You. It got me through a tough workout uh, <laughs> at the gym, so thank you for that. I appreciate it. I was listening to well, it on my way to the doc. I had a doctor's appointment on Monday, and I was listening to it on my way there, and I was like, okay, perfect. This is a perfect show to like get my mind off like anything stressful, so like, cool. That prostate exam, yeah. huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Real men wear gowns. So where can they find you guys at? Uh, they can find us on Spotify, on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Android. Uh, it's Graveyard Shift uh, Podcast. There's a couple Graveyard Shifts out there. You'll know us because we have the coolest logo of them all. It's a yellow shield, which is a which is a tombstone, and there's a black hand coming out of the ground, and it says Graveyard Shift right above it. And uh, it's Jeremy and Frankie, and we have single shots on there as well. And we have commu- We do a commuter one. 
uh, commuter podcast. So most of our podcasts are between 30 and 37 minutes. And then we do single shots, which are about anywhere from seven to 15 minutes. And the single shots are just me and my, and my short stories of real history and crazy things that have happened. Kind of like an Aaron Menke, but in my own way. That's sweet. Lore. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Smart too. Cause, uh, <laughs> I have a, a short attention span sometimes. <laughs> it's pretty cool, man. I really dig it. I mean, long format is, it works for us cause we're chatty caddies, but, um, yeah, but, but you guys are funny too. So like, I enjoy listening to you. <laughs> thank you. Know. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. That. Yeah. I try. It's a lot of caveman coffee in the blood system to get that going. <laughs> I got Hell yeah. <laughs> so with that said, you guys got anything else you want to shout out there? Uh, just the Chris Ketters and his EVPs and his uh, American ghost hunting thing that he does on, on YouTube. It's crazy, crazy YouTube stuff. Um, but, yeah, he's a great guy. He, he's actually on our other podcast called Lost Boys of Hannibal, which is a true crime podcast. Uh, it's going to be about 15 episodes of the first season. It's about three lost boys in Hannibal, Missouri that went missing. It's the only caving history story in the history of caving where three people went missing and they were never found or recovered. It's the only one in caving history where they've never been recovered. And it was three lost boys. And some people suspect that it might've been John Wayne Gacy. So Ooh, it's a crazy wow. fucking tale. It happened right here in Missouri. It's called lost boys of Hannibal. You can also find that on Stitcher. It's got a really cool logo. It's a red logo with the three boys and the red silhouette. Let's, I'm going to have to check that out. Cool. It's on the pod belly network. There you oh, go. Yeah. Shout out to the pod belly network. Shout out to Brent and Sofa King and all those guys. And every podcast on there is pretty good. So go ahead and check every single one of them out, but definitely start with, with uh, graveyard shifts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, guys, uh, feel free to email us like some of those pictures of those crazy shit that you were talking about. <laughs> but like Art said, I look forward to having you guys back on the show. Awesome. Thanks so much for having Thank me. You. Right. No you Thank you. You guys have a good night. Thank you so much. Thanks for staying up late with us. Yeah, sleep tight. <laughs> yeah, now I will. <laughs> <laughs> Say your prayers, little one. <laughs> All right, good night, guys. Good night, guys. Right. All right. Have fun. Bye. Um, guys, that was creepy. <laughs> Are you scared? Um, no, it was really fun. I mean, it really puts me in that Halloween mood, which is what we're striving Perfect. for, you know. So I really dug it. You know, I, you know, I, I at, at first I was like, let me make this really lively and fun. But you know, hearing their experiences and like how passionate they are, I like really, really like. I really, really dug it. I really dug their angle on it because they're mm. not just some rookies. You know, they're not. You know, they know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. They're not just taking pictures of orbs and saying they're ghosts every time. Yeah. So I really dig them. Um, so I hope you guys will too. Go ahead and check out their podcast on the Podbelly Network. They're a brother podcast, if you will. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So Art, now that we've uh, pimped them out, one more time, guys, go to cavemancoffee.com. Uh, buy all the shit on there. I recommend the Nitro Brew. Art recommends the decaf with the cocoa butter. Uh, buy buy some t-shirts, buy some mugs, buy whatever the fuck you want, but use promo code AMERICA when you do buy that shit. And uh, that's how you help us. That's how you help us. That's how you help Keith Jardine in his post-MMA career. A little bit of CTE. Uh, <laughs> but you'll get 15% off, and that works for everybody. Let's stimulate the economy. Yeah. Let's make America truly great again. Um, and then also, too, make sure you go to Fight Back CBD. Use promo code AMERICA as well. And you'll get 10% off of whatever you buy there. They got vape cartridges. They got, of course, two different kinds of CBD oil as well as some beautiful T-shirts and some beautiful rash guards if you are into Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And uh, as well, uh, make sure you check us out at our official website at Art and Jacob. 
doamerica.podbean.com. Uh, you'll see some pretty cool blogs by uh, Keith Silvis, uh, as well as episodes uh, readily available there, um, as well as check out our Instagram. That's where all the fun is at, and we'll see some really cool pictures and um, graphics there in regards to you know these episodes. I kind of delve a little bit deeper there as well, you know, give a little backstory on some some stuff. So looking forward to the graveyard shifts uh, pictures that they send us. And then as well, go check out our um, Facebook, join the group. That's more or less, you know, just another place just to get, you know, info and funny memes and bullshit like that. Join the community on there. Join the conversation, as Eric would say. Um, and then check us out on Twitter at Art and Jacob Do A One. So just think of the steak sauce and think of us molesting that steak sauce. Yeah, definitely think about uh, us molesting the steak sauce. But um, hit me up at Robots vs Robots on Instagram. Pretty much only on Instagram. Somebody hit me up on Facebook because they were like, oh, you're... Because now all the pictures that I post on my Instagram are getting, like, directly posted on my Facebook, too. It's the same company. Yeah, same company. But don't hit me up on there because I'll get, like, some fucking random message on my Instagram saying someone's trying to get a hold of me on Facebook. And it's just such a tedious process because I don't have that app anymore. So don't do that. (laughs) Um, And uh, nothing else. Tell your mom and your boo-boo, too. Hit me up on... uh, Xbox Live if you want to get down some Madden. Yeah, so with that said, everybody, make sure you say your prayers and have a good night. Good night. <laughs>